Today's show is brought to you by HANA. For the past few years, I've been taking HANA One, an all-natural daily superfood with 30 wild-harvested herbs and adaptogens to improve focus, boost immunity, and increase stamina. HANA also sources the purest, highest-quality ashwagandha and turmeric. To get 20% off your first purchase, visit HANA.com, that's H-A-N-A-H.com, and enter the code CHAMPION20. Hello and welcome to the Champion Conversations podcast, where my co-host, sports psychologist Jim Aframo, and I take you inside the mental game of high performers. If you've ever wanted to learn how elite athletes, coaches, creators, and entrepreneurs use their mindset to overcome setbacks, serve as great leaders and teammates, and achieve their full potential, then you've come to the right place. I'm Phil White, and we're glad you're listening today. Today's guest is Laird Hamilton. He was the first person to surf giant waves of up to 100 feet at Piahi, also known as Jaws, in Hawaii, and also set a new standard for big wave riding at Chopu. One of the biggest water sports innovators of his age, Laird popularized toe surfing, stand-up paddleboarding, and foilboarding, and co-created XPT with his wife, Gabby Reese. They also co-founded Laird Superfood, a line of pure, responsibly sourced plant food products. Laird is the author of two books, Force of Nature and Life Rider, and was featured in the documentaries Step Into Liquid and Riding Giants. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Laird. Well, it's my honor. Thank you for having me, Jim. Yeah, so... You, you might not be an Olympian, but you're definitely living a gold medal life. And, um, and what I mean by that is you're vitally engaged in so many cool and awesome things. And what are the current adventures or projects that have you most pumped up right now? Well, I mean, I think my biggest challenge is just being a father, you know, and having three daughters at different levels of development. Uh, and, you know, and of course, my relationship with Gabby. Um, but those are the personal things I, I you know, I have a I think as a man, I think having a mission, you know, having a hunt uh, is mandatory. I think we lose that. We kind of lose our essence. And so I'm still, I, you know, my, I have my eyes on the ocean, right? I have, I have my eyes on the ocean when it comes to my prey, the, you know, waves are my prey and, uh, and I'm on a mission. Um, you know, I have these hydrofoil boards that we're riding that we kind of evolved into that have allowed us to ride waves that, that, uh, that until now were virtually unrideable. So now I'm looking for locations uh, for now that we have this new instrument that we can do things that we couldn't do. Now there's a whole new set of waves that, that are, that, that are rideable. And so now it's the search for like, you know, the, uh, the, the, you know, the optimum, the optimum ride. Uh, And then in the, you know, and, and, or, and, and trying to just keep my, you know, keep, my, the pieces of my body together so I can still do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I look at people as uh, either farmers or hunters and you're definitely a hunter. And yeah. um, I got some farming in me too, though. I think, you yeah. know, I think I got the farm. I got a, I, 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 I have a farm. I grew, I grow stuff. And I'm, so I think I'm a, I'm, I think I'm a, a hunter and a farmer. I think I want to, I don't want to be a either one because if there's no prey, I want to grow some food. But if there's, you know, I think there's an interrelationship. I think that's the, that's a nice yin yang. I want to be both. Yeah. 
What are you growing, Laird, both um, in California and in Hawaii? Well, no, Hawaii, I have a, a we're working on some like uh, agroforestry models. Mm. So a couple like breadfruit uh, with a, a couple other like Polynesian stuff that, that help the Polynesians stay alive. And so and then uh, and then always I have a, a project called a farm lab where we're just playing with different different ingredients. I like avocados I'm working on some avocado oil um project because avocado oil obviously isn't good and we have avocados are falling on the ground in hawaii all year round so there's some of that and then and then uh i'm playing with always playing with coconuts you know we always i'm a big fan of the coconut tree i think that thing is a that's something special yeah have you got papaya um yeah. anything like that guava papaya papaya banana guava so those are those are just falling on the ground in hawaii i mean papayas and bananas and guavas like i said even avocados but we're you know I, i'm looking at cassava like i said i like breadfruit um well looking at asahi you know asahi's mm -hmm. a palm and it grows really well uh in flood zones which where i grew up is a major flood zone so it grows really well in that environment so um just playing with you know and then and then open to whatever else we were doing a lot of canoe species so there's like taro and sweet potato and you know, uh, my friends have some turmeric farms. They have a couple of big turmeric farms over there. I just used some turmeric yesterday. So I'm, uh, I'm always, you know, always on this, you know, just, I think I'm just trying to keep myself busy, you know, so I'm not letting my thoughts get away with me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you have the greatest single answer to a podcast question I've ever heard. And I, I wrote to Gabby about it recently and she said, don't worry, you're still doing this. So Tim, uh, you know, our mutual friend Tim Ferriss asked you, um, where can people find you? He always closes the show. And, you know, he asked you the billboard question. What would you put on a billboard? Then he asked you this question. And everyone else says, here's my website. Like us, here's our new book. Um, here's my social media feeds. And you said, in the Pacific Ocean. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and it's big and it's hard. No, there's a lot of it. So... Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is that? What, what What is that? Why did you want to say that in terms of how it informs your print, how the ocean informs your principles, your values, your worldview? Well, I, you know, I mean, I, I just I had a conversation earlier about the ocean. The ocean's my uh, university. So and uh, and 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 it's it's my school. That's where I, I went to school. I mean, I went to school, but I didn't go to school that much. I went to another school, which is a school of the ocean. And I went that a lot. And, uh, and, and I probably long more in that than most people have gone to any school ever. <laughs> and so, but, uh, the lessons, you know, the lessons that, that I, uh, that were bestowed upon me, the principles that were bestowed upon me by the ocean. I mean, you know, it's, it's about patience. It's about humility. I mean, these are, these are life skills, uh, that you, learn uh that 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 there's no other way i could have learned them so in such a uh you know in such a uh, practical manner i don't think there's a way that i could have learned them so so practically i think i learned it's like you know i learned best in in a, in a in a in a uh you know in an environment where you know i'm in the environment where the person's good at it somebody always said like if you want to be good at something my dad always used to say, hey, if you want to be good at something, just go where the people are the best and be there. And you're just going to you'll get good at it by default just because you'll see what it looks like to be good. 
And so, um, and I think, so, uh, you know, I think that environment, I think the ocean I've learned, I've learned uh, uh, just about life, about the, you know, there's a relentlessness that you learn about pursuit, you know, like if you decide you want to stop, you know, and I, and I, and in no disrespect ever do I, I, I give any, any other um, endeavors, but, you know, I always said, you know, bonking is a learned skill. Somebody said, Oh, what do you mean? I go, well, in nature, there's no bonking. Like if I bonked when I was in a riptide, I, I would, wouldn't be here. Like I, there's no, you don't bonk. And whether you learn how to pace yourself so you don't bonk and you, you know, you know, not to push yourself past it. I mean, you don't see an antelope bonk. He doesn't, an antelope doesn't bonk and go, Hey, cheetah, can you just wait a second? Let me vomit right now. And then you can come back after. Yeah. Let me, let me get my uh, energy gel packet out of my back. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm just saying, or any of that. So, so I think that there's some things that you learn that you can, that you take with you. Um, you know, it's like, why are soldiers, why do soldiers come back and have, you know, the ones that do come back have, you know, and, and have successful careers, laughter, you know, why do a lot of athletes have successful careers after they have, because they learn certain skills and certain fundamentals like, okay, Hey, preparation. Okay. Oh yeah. All the preparation. Okay. All the training. Okay. All the discipline, all the, you know, there's all these things. And so, and, and I think my, my aspects came a little or more organically because you're talking about the ocean, right? So you're talking about, it doesn't, we don't have the structure. We don't have an infrastructure set up. So you can be, okay, here's your lifting coach and you're going to lift with those guys and you're going to go here and then you're going to see the psychologist. And I mean, even though I did see psychologists, um, but that was usually when I went to school, they were like, what's wrong with him? Go see the psychologist. And the psychologist said, nothing's wrong with him. He's just, he doesn't like the way you guys are doing it here. But, uh, you know, but um, so I think a, a lot of, you know, Mike, that was, that, that's, that's my, my, a lot of my lessons and my behavior comes out of, out of the, out of the, out of that ocean, you know, out of that, that patience, that waiting, the, 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 you know, the, uh, you know, my, the humility, the, all those things, all that, all that stuff is, is just, you know, has been, you know, literally drilled into me. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, what's really interesting about what you're saying is uh, in terms of your origin story, even you were born in an experimental salt, saltwater sphere at UC San Francisco medical center. Yeah. So, yeah. How cool is that? And uh, that's kind of superhero stuff right there. Yeah, what, was, <laughs> what do you remember from that? <laughs> or actually, well, I don't you know, know. I, you know, I, I sometimes, and honestly, I think I, you know, when you look back at what, how things have gone in your life and at a certain point, I'm now I'm getting, I'm almost 60 years old. So I have 50 something years to look back on. And I look at the thing, the way things have gone, I can go, it seems a little bit like a fairy tale. You know, it seems like a little bit like, oh, and the thing and this and that. And half the time when I'm telling a story, I go, is that even real? Like, I don't even know if that's real. And then somebody else will be, that I'll meet some friends that, oh yeah, I remember that time. I'll be like, oh, I guess that was real. You know, so sometimes you don't know where fiction and, and, and reality cross, like when is it, you know, and, and cause it see, it has that kind of a, uh, you know, and, but we always say you can't make it up better than it, than it really is, you know? And, and so, and, and I, and I don't always think that it's our, choice i don't think you get to like go hey i'm gonna have this kind of life it's like sometimes you're just subjected to it i'm fortunate that um that 
you know, that I had to, even though when you're in it, it doesn't seem that way. I'm fortunate that I had things happen the way they did. I was in the position. I had the personality to be in the environment. I had all those things that when you're in it is miserable. It's like, you know, you would have done anything as a teenager to been anywhere else and done anything else than what I was doing. At least that's what I thought. And then after you go, I'm so thankful that I was in that position that then because that shaped my life and made me the thing. And, you know, so it's all that, you know, it, it, there's always all of that that uh you know those the retrospect and just all that stuff that you look at after your when you when you finally when you finally have time enough to, uh, enough to look back at it and, you know and and i have a, a one of my favorite sayings is never let your memories be bigger than your dreams and so i i try to keep that always on not like hey you know back in high school when i was the captain of the football team and have another beer at the pub I'm like, yeah, I think that's not working. Like, I don't, I, I'm not going to, I don't want that to be, uh, I don't want that to be uh, my life. I, I don't want to ever, I always want to, you know, and I had Don Wildman, who was a very close friend of mine, who was just a stud, started Valley's Health Clubs, the whole, you know, Iron Man to till the day he died, 80 something, helicopter snowboard all over the world, like crazy liver of life. And, you know, I had, a, so I've had some great examples of, of what it looks like. So that's been helpful. I think, again, um, you know, males learn, we seem to learn better that way. That's a little bit like, you know, monkey see monkey do, you know, like there's a, there's what it looks like. You don't have to do that. You can do your own version of it, but you know, um, I always say it's hard to be the monkey that doesn't season does that's something else. I think that's, that, that's a, I like that too. You know, I, I like that. I like it when it's, when it, when you can, you know, there's no original. I always say there's no original idea. There's no actual original idea. I think it's a new application of an old idea, or maybe just an understanding of an idea. Somebody else had the idea, but you just understood it in a way that made you react differently towards it. Because I've had plenty of people go, "Well, yeah, well, we did that, or we tried that, or I was there, I went to that thing, or we rode that wave," and and I'm like, "Well, if you did and you didn't get what I got out of it, then." You know, if you got the same thing I got out of, you would have gone and done what we did, but you didn't. But so that quite, that makes me question whether you saw or realized what was happening. So, again, it's, you know, again, that it's always back to that. Right. It's always back to to, you know, it's not necessarily uh, I think it's perspective, but I don't think I, I don't I think we got to not think that we're as special as we think we are. Yeah. What, what I like what you're saying too, is that you're always moving forward. You're not, you know, when, when athletes that I've worked with retire from professional sports, we always talk about what are you moving toward? Not what are you coming from? And so I love that about you. You kind of break off the rearview mirror and you're always looking at what's next, what's next. And that's exciting. So I think too many athletes and others, when they kind of retire, they're looking too far in the past, like you're saying, and, and getting too sentimental, you know, and it's good to have some pictures and show them to your grandkids, but but keep moving forward. Keep growing. Well, as the memory fades, it's nice to have a picture to remember that you exactly. did that at one point. But the thing is, I think I just think that that's you lose the point of living. Mm -hmm. If you're, I mean, ultimately, it's about learning and it's about being a beginner and being enthusiastic. And I think so. If you're, I mean, if you're an athlete, it just shift over to the next thing. You have all these incredible foundational skills that you can implement. You know, I, I talk about life as a formulaic process. That's why you can use surfing as a metaphor for other aspects and be like, you can use all the, because there's, there's this, it's a formula. Like there's a certain formula for success or for uh, 
for, you know, there's a certain formula for mastering, right? And the certain, and then there's, okay, the willingness to fail and the, and the, you know, and the, and the relentless pursuit. And I mean, you have just certain fundamental key things that, that you can just take and plug into the next thing. But if you're just living, you know, then you're, uh, then you're, then you're dead alive, you know, then you're just dead alive. And then, and at that point, why it's just it's that's not good it's that's gonna take a lot of alcohol you know that's gonna <laughs> take a lot of alcohol and that nowhere you know that stuff's a depressant and there's nothing good coming out of that so no, I, lo- I love you you, t- you just mentioned a word lad i want to ask you more about um mastery and in your um in your first book, um, I haven't even got the second one outrageously. I just ordered two signed copies from your website today, but I didn't even know there was one. We've been too busy writing our own, I guess, Jim. It's so Good selfish, disrespectful yeah. of Gabby and Laird and not buying their book. But um, silliness aside, Laird, that word mastery means a lot of things to a lot of different people. What does the pursuit of mastery and the pursuit of craftsmanship mean to you personally? I think that it means that you put enough effort into it that you feel like you did something, (laughs) you know, like, and I think it has to be individual. I think, you know, you know, intuitively, you know, if you, if you put the time in and you, you know, and you, and you, and the effort in and you, and you can do something and understand something to a level that you can feel like you're good with it. Like you're, 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 that you're okay with it. Like you, that, because there's, because I think true mastery is a sense that you can always improve. Mm. Right. I don't think that, I don't think that, I, I think that the true mastery is, there's no destination. There's no destination to true mastery. There's only a continuation. So there's a continual evolving and try, I guess, I guess what it is, is that maybe, maybe it's just to a point where you realize that you, there is no end. Like that's when you've mastered it. You've mastered it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like intelligence. You know, what are the, all the smart people say? The only thing I know is I don't know anything. So yeah. in a way it's like, but you had to get to a point where you were probably pretty intelligent to actually be able to say that because when you were dumb, you thought you knew everything, right? When you didn't yeah. know anything, you thought, oh, I know everything. There's a great saying, you know, quick, hurry up and hire your children while they still know everything. And so, you know, there's something to be said about that, right? There's something to be said about, about being good enough to realize that you really don't know that, that you could be, that you don't know that much, that you could be that much better. There's that much more improvement. And then you can actually observe other people that are great and be like, that's amazing. That's great. Because I know what it takes to get to do something even like that, even though maybe I can't do what they can do. Um, you know, but I know the effort it takes and I know the the commitment it takes. Um, and, and so I think there's something to, to be said about that, but I, you know, I, I, I think that, that, it, that it's, a. uh, I think it becomes more of a mindset, right? It becomes a certain thing than an actual tangible, like, hey, mastery is when you can do five yeah. katas. That yeah, be- I, I, I meant more what does it mean to live it than yeah. just to talk about it, you know? Yeah. And, and and also, how does that relate to what it means in the Hawaiian sense to be a true water man? Yeah, well, well okay, let's uh, let, uh, first of all, I'll finish with mastery, which is yeah. I think that the, the, the brutal part of mastery is, is that, that you it's 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 a desk it's it's a you can never reach 
the end. And so, and, 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 and it's almost a submission point where you submit to that you can never, you'll never ever have it, know it, do it all. You'll just never be able to, that that, that will never happen. Um, I think that, and, and, and a waterman is, Waterman, when you look at a waterman, I mean, you know, it's interesting thing about surfing is everybody thinks surfing is about riding a wave. Surfing really, riding a wave is just a byproduct of understanding what a wave's doing. And so really, I call surfers wave readers, that surfers are wave readers, that we can look at a wave and I can tell you, hey, that wave's going to break. Hey, that one's not. I can go to sometimes go to a beach and I'll be with some friends and I'll say, oh, yeah, that guy's going to fall down. And they go, well, how do you know? He just stood up. I go, I can just tell. And, he, and then a minute later, it falls down. They'll be like, how do you know he's going to fall down? I go, what's this? Because at the end, you can you can read it. You can perceive what's going to happen because you've observed it so often. And so, um, you know, so it, it, and when I say a waterman, a waterman is a water reader, like a somebody. And you can dive and you can sail and you can do all these skills. But at the end of, end of the day, he's somebody that can understand water and understands the movement. Probably if you understand water, probably can fish pretty good. If you understand water, you can probably sail pretty good, probably surf pretty good, probably swim pretty well. I mean, it's all about understanding. It's understanding the, 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 you know, the element, right. Understanding, understanding the water, understanding what it's doing. And, and so a waterman is really just, a water reader, but are just somebody who's, who's diverse at his understanding of water, of the ocean, ultimately the greatest body of water, right? There's rivers, there's, there's the rain, there's, you know, we have water everywhere, but, but the ocean is the biggest mass of water. And so when you have some sort of skill to look at, look at it and understand it, then you realize you don't know anything. And then you're just, there you are back to submission. (laughs) You have a great laugh, Laird. Where, where, and, and, and that shows me, you know, and, and Phil, that you have great perspective on life. Where, 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 where does that come from, your, your great sense of humor? I love uh, it. Probably my, hopefully my mom. That's what my I was mom, wondering. My mom was, was, yeah, my mom was, she had a great sense of humor. My mom was a funny lady. So, um, I, I mean, Gabby has a great sense of humor. Um, I mean, listen, I, I, think, I think that. So does our friend Kenny Kane. Uh, yeah. We're both, uh, yeah, Kenny's one of my best mates. So, yeah, Kenny, being a stand-up comedian, it kind of comes yes, with the territory yeah, for yeah. Kenny. Well, he, he, yeah, he, yeah, he wore some Speedos with some weird symbols on them at my house. I, it's, <laughs> Darn it, Kenny, come some on. Of it, some of it went a little, it's a little, but... Uh, but Get I, you know, I ring that bell. I mean, I think funny, I think, listen, I think, I think humor, I think humor um, in general, uh is again understanding it's about intelligence i think that a lot of comedians are have a certain level of understanding and intelligence obviously it's why they can they can find the funniness out of things and and take things that might not be funny and make them funny and 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 just to i mean it also makes them highly depressed as well (laughs) because with that bright light comes the dark shadow so again the uh, you know that i think that's the battle the struggle um of the, of the, uh, you know, of that understanding, like when, when you understand, then, then you understand. <laughs> so, so, you know, you get that, you get both of it, you get both sides. No, I love that. In terms of understanding, Laird, um, I interviewed you for Relevant Magazine, if you recall, back in the day, I told Jim you were standing by the ocean at the time, and it was like, yeah. <sighs> And it was brilliant. But um, in the course of that, we talked a little bit about what the Bible means to both of us. Um, yeah. 
can you talk to us a little bit about that and just what your your faith and your trusting in the Lord means and, and how that informs your family I'll life and just just how you live every day? Yeah, yeah I'll be my behavior. Well, you know, at one point, uh, I mean, I wasn't I, I had problem with reading in school. Um, I wasn't a big reader. My mom was a profuse reader. My mom read walls of books. Uh, I decided there was only one book to read and that was the Bible because at the end of the day, it had lessons in there to make your life better. Right. So that's, that was my justification. Like, Hey, this book has some things that make your life better. And, and, uh, and I think that, that you can't be in the ocean and in nature and not be, have faith. You can't, I just think, I think you'd, you'd, you'd have to be blind. You'd have to not be participating. And so I think that that the combination of my uh, surroundings, my love of the Bible uh, and, 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 and the use of, of that led me to, to be. Uh, to want to live uh, in a way that was reflective of the lessons in 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 the good book. Right. So because uh, it ultimately is in my best interest. It's in everybody's best interest to, 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 uh, to, to, because I think there's a lot of hypocrisy, obviously in the world. And there's a lot of hypocrisy in religions, in religion, um, in every, everywhere. And I, and I, for me, um, and I know if Gabby feels the same way, uh, don't worry about your mouth. It's what you're doing. You know, it's, 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 it's your actions. And, and so I, I just want, I wanted to live. I wanted to, I want to, and I've wanted, I wanted to live, uh, you know, in, in a, in a, I would say biblical way, but I would say, I want to live. I want to, I want to live upright. I want to live, you know, uh, in a way that's not, you know, damaging my soul and my spirit. Like I want to, I want to, you know, <laughs> I want to, I don't want to do anything that's going to, you know, and, and, and I, cause I, cause you feel it. And so, and I, and so I go off of, you know, behaving in a way that I, that makes me feel a certain way. Like it makes me, I, 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 I don't, I don't experience a lot of the, the pains that people do when they don't. And so, and, and I, so I keep it's, and, and for me, I, I, I do, it's a more personal journey that I, that I, you know, that I try to live instead of, profess so yeah, i don't absolutely. spend a lot of time professing with my mouth um i try to profess with my behavior and no, so and so that's a big you know and it's a and, and like mastery and like being a uh you know but like being a waterman it's an ongoing pursuit it's a it's a there's no destination until there's a destination and when there's one then we'll we'll be there and so we won't need to you know think we're there right now we'll just no, be in pursuit of that We'll be in pursuit of that, of that, of that uh, greatness, uh, as we would say. And at, and at the end of the day, it's those lessons are they're the lessons of humility, the lessons of patience. Um, the, you know, these are all these are all uh, human conditions. These are these are the ocean, the Bible. Uh, where do you want to learn it? I mean, the Bible is just a result of of the environment you know, of the nature of nature, nature, you want, it's like, we're from nature, the Bible's from nature, like, there, there's no, no, <laughs> there's no separation, there's no, there's no separation, you can learn, you can learn 
everything without ever turning a page in anything very easily if you follow your heart. Uh, and so I, I, and so I think I've had the fortune to probably have a little bit of both, um, which has been, you know, which is, which is ongoing, which is on, on, ongoing. And it's, and those are, I mean, they're, they're challenges for a reason. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Are there any particular parables or any particular books in the Bible or, or stories or verses even well, first, that, that first, kind first, of, kind uh, of yeah, first Corinthians 13 is the, is always my, you know, without love, you know, he without faith. I mean, it's like, you know, if you could lift the mountain, if you could move the world, you could do everything, but you don't have love, you're nothing. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, it's loves the King. So at the end of the day, uh, for me, I'm like, when you get to the, you get there, you're like, it's all good. Like you just, it's, it does not make it complicated because you can read a thousand pages and you can be like who bestowed who upon who and not, you just lost me, but you, you give me this thing right here. And then you make that pretty, pretty, uh, pretty simple. Let's not make it complicated. It's already complicated enough down here on the planet. We don't need to make it more complicated. How about just do some loving and, follow and understand what love means and try to actually live up the love. And that'll give you a whole life's worth of work. And <laughs> you know. yeah, no, I love that. So <laughs> you mentioned, you know, being shaped then by your faith um, and the Bible being shaped by the ocean. And you mentioned the name of a gentleman who I've heard you speak about many times, you know, having interviewed you so many times over the year and worked with XBT for a number of years in Don Wildman. Can yes. you talk a little bit about the impact of Don on your life as a, as a mentor and again a man who perhaps lived out you know an adventurous life well beyond as Jim mentioned earlier retirement age and just you know what what is the mark of Don Wildman on, on your life and Gabby's life and the kids' lives? Well, you know, first of all, I mean, well, Don's father was a a, a pastor, started mm. 20, 23 churches, so he's a wow. preacher's son. Uh, and he lived like a believer. So he acted like a believer, never professed. And he always said, Oh, I'm not religious. Right. He would always say that, but then right, but Jesus, Jesus said that, but the Pharisees were too religious. So probably for the best, right? <laughs> so he goes, I'm not religious. And then I'm like, yeah, but Don, you, you're the most generous person that I've ever met that without ever any kind of weird strings or anything and and uh and and a lover of life and a, an appreciator his his you know one thing about don that that i'll always i mean other than his you know relentless pursuit and all these other great traits but he his appreciation you know every time he had a meal with you it'd be like this is the best meal i've ever had and then the next week you'd be like this is the best you know, whatever it was, was the best. Right. And so he, he, he just really had, he retained his youthful enthusiasm in, in a way that I've never seen. I, I've, I've never seen it anywhere. Not like that. Not, not with such genuine appreciation. His, he, his, just his enthusiasm for living was magnificent it was a it was such a beautiful thing to observe and 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 one to you know hope to emulate in some way um you'll never do it the wild man way that's the thing about each of us i guess we all get to be just 
the greatest us ever or the greatest I, <laughs> you know, no one can outdo you at you, uh, which makes you special and unique. So, you know, and conspiracy and, and comparison is a death of happiness anyway, but you know, Wildman, I think he, like I said, his, his, just his zest for living, you know, his, his, his appreciation and his willingness to be, a uh, not always, not always and it, it, but his willingness to, 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 to do, to try things, to be, to be, you know, to be a beginner, which is connected to that youthful. Yeah. How old was he when he picked up Iron Man, like 72 or something? Oh no, for, no, a little, little earlier, like okay. 50 something, but he did okay. 10 in a row. He did 10 mm. in a row and, and uh, I think he got second every time and except wow. one by his nemesis, he beat no second in his age division. Yeah. But sure, still, sure. whatever. Still, I mean, these are guys, he's probably racing against guys that have done it since they're 30 and 40 mm-hmm. and then, but um, yeah, his, his, just his, his appreciation for, for life, like his appreciation for living and, you know, that, that willingness to, to try new things. And, you know, I mean, there wasn't a time that if I called him and just said, Hey, you want to go, you know, swim with sharks, he'd be like, Oh yeah, I'm in. Okay, let's go. I'm like, you know, I'm like, Hey, do you want to go race a car? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go, you know, it doesn't matter what it was. He was like, Hey, gonna, we're going to go to this show. going to go to that concert. going to go this thing. Like it didn't matter. He was in and he was, he was willing to go. And you know, what you realize too, is that, that that's, you know, enthusiasm is youth. Like the, the fountain of youth is enthusiasm. It's about being excited. And that's why that whole living in the past doesn't work because hard to be excited if there's no future. Like if you're, if everything you, if everything you've done, that's great or, or ever going to do has been done already. Where's the excitement come, <laughs> you know? I mean, there's, it's, it kind of cuts into your excitement. So you got to have aspirations. You got to have, you know, hope. And so it's back to that, you know? Yeah. I, I like that you're also getting at thankfulness and gratitude and, you know, that makes everything better for us mm-hmm. and everyone around us, whereas entitlement ruins everything. So, yeah. um, you know, I love that you really hit on that, you know, just how grateful he is. And, and you come across that way too, that you appreciate what you have um, and uh, never take it for granted. So I think that's important. Um, and then you also talked about kind of having a growth mindset, always learning. And, and I love the idea that, uh you know, like you were saying, the master is always a student. And so, you know, there's different ways to learn. Like you said, it could be in the classroom, but, you know, probably better in the ocean. Yeah. So, yeah, well, they, well, and I, I think all, they, there's always something to learn from somebody. I think no matter who they are, there's always something to learn, learn from someone. I mean, so, I mean, unfortunately, some of the lessons that are at least as a, from a parent, uh, from a from a child to parent perspective that I, that I'm starting to learn how to have is sometimes the best ones are how not to be, you know, <laughs> like, let me see. Yeah. That doesn't look like it works too well. <laughs> I'll try not to do that one. That, that's it. That one seems to work pretty good. But <laughs> yeah. There's a saying, never make the same mistake once, which means learn from others and then don't do it. Yeah. So. Well, that's a sign of intelligence, right? That's right. Uh, yeah. If you can learn from other people's mistakes, that means you're smart. I, I never was too good at that. I usually had to burn my own hands. So. <laughs> No, I love that, Laird. Um, a lot of people these days, so we talked about the pitfall of being too focused on the past. Um, a lot of people these days with technology, particularly social media, me- are mediating their life like this right here for a little screen. Um, and obviously you and Kenny, I know you and Kenny and Gabby have had conversations because he's told me, Kenny and I have been down this rabbit hole and Jim always says, 
be where your feet are, you know, in your case, probably be where your board is, right? Because you don't have a choice in the ocean. But can you talk to me a little bit about um, practicing presentness into in the modern world? Being, yeah. I, I told Nicole I wouldn't put it like this, but I'm going to. How do you, as a noble savage who was born in the wrong time, um, operate in a modern world that is mediated through little screens, I guess is one way to put it. A lot of self-restraint. <laughs> a lot of self-restraint. No, you know, I mean, listen, it's, we're, in, we're in funny times. I mean, you know, or maybe maybe they're just funny. And, and what did Gabby say? You know, we don't live in the world we're born into. And so, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I, one thing I, I will say that help, that does help me is being invited invi like being nature aware i have a saying right now the last two years it's been actually longer than that but these have, last two seasons have really brought it up pay attention pay attention like and driving your car pay attention like when you're wake up in the morning look at the sky look at the you know look at the moon when it's full like pay attention be aware you know i i'm i i, do, I think that's a big piece of of what continues to keep me grounded you know nature you know hey the hawks are flying the thing like just pay just just hey there's giant footprints from a coyote on my you know on my driveway i mean just pay attention like pay attention um and now more than ever pay attention to to what's being said and what makes sense like when you're hearing stuff you're like hmm if you pay attention you'll be like that makes no sense at all that makes complete sense and you'll hear it four times, you'll be like, that continues to make sense. And that continues to not make sense. And so like, I'm just using, I'm, I'm using pay attention as the, as the, as my, as my uh, kind of guiding light right now in general, I think I, you know, I always, I grew up in an environment that way. I sit in the back of the class and I always sit in the, with my back against the wall in a restaurant. I mean, I'm just, so I naturally do that anyway. Um, you know, when I go to a concert, I always find like, I'm always looking like, which way am I going to go and how am I going to get out and what happens if the thing and, you know, and not, not, not to, to a, a obsessive level, but just, just to be aware, like just to be aware. So you're not surprised, but paying attention to nature is, is something that, that I do a lot. Uh, it, it's on a daily basis. I'm looking at the sunrise. I'm looking at the sunset. I'm looking at the thing. I'm like, what way is the wind blowing? Where's the wind coming from? Where's it, you know, just all that stuff because it's connected to what I do, but it also is to connect it to who I am and, and, and where I am. And so it's a little bit like, uh, I think it's just mandatory, for everybody. I think it's what helps us navigate. It'll help us navigate the, the, uh, how would I say, uh, virtual reality that you, that out there in the virtual reality, it'll help us this reality where our feet are on the ground. Um, it's going to help us with that by just continuing to understand where we are because we're kind of where we are is kind of becoming, uh, ambiguous. It, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's something about where we are that's getting ambiguous. It's like, where are we? Like, oh, I don't know where we are. We're, and then we just travel around with this thing. And before you know it, we're not, first of all, where we are and then what are we doing? Then it was like, then we don't even know what we're doing or where we are. And so let's figure out what we're doing and where we are. And, and I think a big piece of that is, is continuing to connect back to the ground, back to nature, back to, back to the environment. No, I love that. Before we um, hit record, you and Jim and I were joking about 
our shared suspicion of technology overreaching in our lives. Um, personally, what does it look like for, for you in terms of computer use, phone use? I know Gabby and others do the socials for you, so I know that already, but um, that's kind of an insider thing maybe. But um, what does it just look like to practice that presentness day to day with this tech, with this virtual thing behind a hard boundary for you? Well, mo- I mean, most of my my use uh, really is whether uh, apps and 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 that stuff. I mean, ninety nine percent of my, I mean, some search stuff around uh, equipment and 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 uh, maybe you know good books, good good uh, books on tape. I just listened to Godforsaken Sea, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I'm right. I know, I know the book I've strummed through it years ago, but I'm, I'm listening to, uh, you know, uh, guns, germs, and steel. I'm, I, you know, I'm, and so, uh, you know, I, I mean, not for in, in the usage of that device. Um, like I said, you know, weather, weather stuff, I'm on the weather stuff, probably a little too much. I find myself, I got to put that thing away and, and, and I'm trying to connect, the actual weather with the weather app because I have all this propaganda getting thrown at me and then I'm going to the reality of it because I'm going using it as a as a tool an instrument to get in these conditions and then I go there and they're not what that said they were on the thing and I'm trying to like create a you know like create a, a understanding of hey when they say this on that that actually means this <laughs> so I'm kind of like create a little a little understanding of, of how that goes, but the majority of my, my stuff uh, and music. So I got some music, so I go music reading and then mostly, and then some search and some other stuff. But um, the, the, I mean, I get social media stuff comes in front of me. The truth is Gabby can out social my media better than I could. And so in a way, you know, she's, she just, she speaks my language and she can do it. And it's part of, it's part of uh, work and, and, and it's, it, you know, but I'm really, I spend very little to no time. In fact, I don't really ever look at anybody else's thing. I, I just don't, I just, I'm not, and, and maybe that's not nice, but I'm not really, I don't know. I'm not concerned about what other people are doing really. I mean, unless they're friends of mine and then I know them and I talk to them and I, I work out with them or I go surfing with them. And so then I'm concerned, but you know, like have have community, have some real interaction, you know, some real contact, like, you know, like, but I am, I am spending a lot of time, um, you know, screaming at my daughter to get her face off that thing. And, and, and even if she, even if it's, it's just, I feel like for me as a parent, I just have to do that. I'm, I, I realize that as a parent, you just have to be like the parrot in the corner going, you know, and you hope that it's going in. Like it's kind of like the old, uh, like it might be going in. I don't know (laughs) if it's going in, but maybe I'll, maybe it'll go in. And then when I, when they leave home, it'll pop out and they'll be like, Oh yeah, I got over that and stopped doing that. I'll be like, cool. But, um, I seen that happen with a little bit, my older ones, they kind of phased away from a lot of that stuff. Um, the younger ones still in it. And so, and again, so I'm just constantly going, you know, and, and, uh, you know, they, so there's some, I, you know, it's, it, I mean, listen, I, I used to think that parenting was all about this, you know, I'm going to get into this philosophical thing. And then I realized it was just about threats and bribes anyway. And the problem is my young one, you can't threaten her because she'll be like, I don't care. 
So then it's like, well, that didn't work. And then, but bribes work with her. So she's, <laughs> so I've thrown threats away and I'm only using bribe, but whatever. But yeah, but so no, but that, that's the, you know, that's the, that's the majority uh, of it. And, 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 and then like, I have some things where I, and I catch myself, but I don't drive with that. I don't use it when I drive. I mean, the only time I uh, use it is like, I'll put the music on or something like that, but I don't, I'm not on that, on that thing. Uh, and when I catch myself even getting near it, I just, it's I like, because I just, I've, I'm in driving in a world full of people that have their face in the block and it's, it's it's bizarre. That's why I said pay attention because I you have to pay attention right now. And I'm using driving as kind of what's happening in the world. You got to pay attention because everybody is so distracted um, everywhere. Like I was at the airport and I'm sitting in the airport. And I looked around and I go, every single person in the entire place is like this, and they're looking straight down at their hand. And I'm like, it'd be a great time to be a predator because you could just be like. Well, the animals aren't even scared of us. Let's go eat them all. <laughs> uh, but that lead, that probably speaks to a, a much bigger, bigger issue. Uh, I mean, I know it does. And so, uh, you know, it, it's that's the I guess that's the, the other the other side of, of it where you're, where it starts to, uh, you know, it starts to upset you. Like it starts to make you angry at, at a certain point because you're like. Hey, people are just not there. Like people, hello, like you're not, you're not there. And that means that they're not going to be there for other important things or even understanding other important things uh, that need to be understood by the collective. And I think that's another, you know, a bigger thing, but I, but I can't, I can barely handle my own house. So I can barely deal with my, you know, my 13 year old's use and my, my use within my, you know, my, thing and so it's like and then I'm telling her don't use it and then I'm on my weather app and she's like well you're using and I go well this is different and she goes no it's not different than yours and I'm like yeah but I'm not watching mind candy that's just just crazy stupid stuff that just occupies your brain and stops your brain from using you know your imagination and stuff and you you stop that you that part of the brain just dying because you're getting you're getting you know uh, self-fed you know like breastfed but you're getting this information just yeah, 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 and you just you're just sitting there like nursing or something. It's pretty, it's anyway, yeah. there's probably some great stuff that, 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 you know, but <laughs> no, well, this is part two. When we go into part two, hopefully yeah. you fan you're finding this fun and, and we can do it again. And I'd love to yeah. just, you know, just as somebody that, um, you know, you and I've been in contact in this way, in this format for many years and, and just knowing, you know, knowing you a little bit and knowing Gabby yes. a little bit and appreciating your, your worldview. I, I would love to, you know, to yeah. have you back and but have you both on maybe at the same time and, and go deeper on some. Well, of you get the smart person in my house anyway. Come on, <laughs> I'm, I'm the. You know, they call me in for the dirty work. You know, if there's dead carcasses or some other like fire to put out, call Crit in the guy. Yeah, Crit okay. Crit Critters got <laughs> Critters got into the garage again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Call in the guy. Call in the you know the cleaner. Call in the cleaner. Let him do you know. Take care of the take care of the dirty work. If there's a broken toilet or you know something dirty, something heavy, yeah, yeah, let's call them in. That's like how I clean the toilets in my house, and I'm useless with everything else, really. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> there's value in that. I think so. I try to tell myself there is. <laughs> I do like that you guys are talking about use. You know, use technology, but don't let it use you. And that uh, you know, time really is our treasure. And 
And so, you know, we, life is a series of choices. So make good choices around technology and how we spend our time. And, you know, you're not going to regret being in nature like you're talking about, Laird, or, you know, being with family and really being with family, not just sitting near them while you're on your phone. No, it's true. Well, and we know the pandemic actually kind of brought that to light. You know, it kind of brought there was a little bit of a reprioritization of what was important. And you realize that, you know, that 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 community, that aspect of it, it, how important that was. We know people live longer and have healthier lives when they have good community. I mean, there's nothing, you know, lonelier and more kind of death leading than than, uh, you know, being alone and lonely. Um, I, so I, I know that, you know, having, having a community and having family and stuff, there's nothing that you just can't beat that. You just, yeah. you just, it's, it's, you know, and that intimacy, uh, is, is, you know, when, you know, it's interesting because lately, and I, I have, I've had, I've had this happen a few times, but you know, what I found lately happens in the world, at least from my, in my experience has been that, you know, you do something that is what you're supposed to do. Like something's happening and you just go do what you're supposed to do. And people are like, that was so great. You were, that was so good of you to do that. And I'm like, it's a problem when people are complimenting you for behaving in a way that you're supposed to. That's a problem. Like, I, I, well, like when did that happen? When did acting the way you should all of a sudden become a novelty. Like when did that become some unique thing that people were going to compliment you for? I'm like, this is a problem. Like this is, this is a serious problem that, that of course, if that, if the lady's there and there's cars and you're going to, or the fire or just whatever it is, like, of course you're going to, for me, I don't even like, I don't even think about, there's not even a decision-making process. There's just like a, that's what you do. And so and then people are like, oh, that was so great. And th- thank you so much. And you're like, uh, something's wrong with that. Something's wrong with that. Something's wrong with that. I just, something's wrong with that. So one example would be when there was the flooding in, in when you were back in Hawaii. So I'm wow. guessing in the winter and you were helping to evacuate people. Yeah. Um, would that be an example where? Yeah. You know, well, it can even be simpler than that. But, but yeah, that, I mean, flood, the, the fire, the, you know. The somebody, whatever, somebody's hurt, somebody this, something that, somebody's drowning, you go save them, whatever. Just any of those ones that you, in the situation that you just do what you're supposed to do. Like, hey, yeah. the guy, something's wrong and you go do it. You're like, yeah, I, okay, think, hey. I think you pull over and the guy's got a, there's an old lady and she got a flat tire and you change the tire for her. And then she drives away and she's like, yeah. thank you so much. I really, you know, and it's like, well, there's a little lady on the side of the road with a flat tire. Of course you pull over and you fix her tire. Like that's not, you know, that's not like a, there's not a lot of decision made unless you're like late for a thing or on your way to the hospital or something I can see. But, but I, like I said, there's so many opportunities to do things for people that, that are just, what you're supposed to do and people are amazed by it. That's like I said, that's a problem. That's that, that becomes a problem. Like we're quick to, to slay people, you know, and we're quick to just ruin their life, you know, with, you know, we're, we're quick to, you know, what do they call it now? They have a term where they just eject you. Right. So cancel. Yeah. They can't, they're, we're kicked to cancel you, but, but where's the, where's the, how, how can we help you out? Like, how, what can we, can we do something for you? Like, Hey, you look like you're in trouble or, Hey, you look like you like, Hey, this is just natural human 
behavior. Like this is just how you, this is what you do. Like, this is what we do. This is how we, this is what humans do for each other. That's how we've always done it. That's how we got to where we are. And now we're at a point where it's like, that's a novelty. And then we got no problem just, you know, and then we we're willing to do something to them where we don't have to be accountable either. So it's, it's interesting when you don't have to have eye contact and you don't have to have face contact and we don't have to have any of this contact where you actually really have to really intimately engage and we can, because people wouldn't do what they do to people if they were, if they weren't these things over there that aren't actually humans that are breathing air that are like in your space. Right. So it's, it is an interesting time. It's an interesting time that way where, where, you know, we've lost, we've lost. Uh, and again, I, again, I think it's connected back to part of our thing. As we go, we, we come further and further away from our essence because we're further away from nature. We're further away from, you know, all of those, all, all, the, all the uh, fundamental uh, behaviors and stuff that would, that made us, you know, that helped us survive and, you know, it's like, hey, we don't you need to be scared because we're we killed everything that's dangerous and we've made everything really safe. And so we just have all these things that we've done. And the result of that is that now with this new, you know, this new thing, we just we do this other thing that's just so, you know, anti us. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I heard you say earlier, and, and you've said this in previous interviews, that the antidote that is to that is to be in community and also with regard to you know, homeschooling the girls to some extent, your daughters. Um, I think Ferris asked you about it and you were like, look, people might try to make it out like that's some weird thing. And by the way, as a side note, my two boys, you know, Johnny's um, 14, Harry's 12 are doing their second year at home because they can't and will not do the mass all day every day. Um, And that mandate came down 5 p.m. the day before Johnny was meant to start high school. So they gave you no choice, but we were like, nope, we're not doing it. So (laughs) you and I, again, are of like mind on this, but you said, well, part of the the thing that people don't understand about your house, and I know, you know, with Kenny Kane and with Don Wildman and with PJ Nestler and a lot of these great folks, that you have adults coming in and you've always spoken to your daughters like adults, right? So can you talk to me a little bit about what kind of folks you like to have into your home and that kind of friendship group that not only is acting as friends to you and Gabby, but also kind of like aunts and uncles, honorary aunts and uncles to your daughters in some way, and why that's that might be the antidote for these people that are mediating their lives through their screen that's two inches from their nose. Well, you know, I, in Hawaii, we I grew up in a community where there, you know, there's accountability, right? Like, and so we grew up in a community where, you know, your aunties and uncles, we were, they weren't related to you, but they were your elder people. And they were, they would, if your parents weren't around, they would be your parents they would be like hey what are you doing the thing i like, get or oh something's wrong okay let me you know but either way they would be they would be they would they would be your and so but but our accountability for each other within these tighter communities like in, within these villages within these small towns you, you know if you had a problem and you said something or did something i mean you're going to see the guy the next day you're going to see him in the afternoon. You're going to, he's going to be at your, he's going to be at the grocery store. He's going to be at the post office. He's going to be at the dump. He's going to be at the beach. He's going to be at the school. He's going to be, you're going to see him. So you're going to have to resolve it one way or the other. You're going to have to come to some mutual understanding that you don't understand. You're going to have to come to a mutual understanding that, Hey, you know what? We're never going to agree or we're going to, you know what? Hey, let's just, let's just work it out. And, you know, but you're going to have to, 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 to face it. 
It's not just something over there or over here that you can just turn off and put away and then turn on and play and, and, be, and act like how you want to and say what you want to say. There's all that, there's accountability. And, and so in our house, we, in a way we just, that has just kind of evolved out of how both Gabby and I grew up on islands. And so we had that, we have, we grew up in that island mentality where we had that, that, you know, that kind of, that kind of accountability and, and, and that kind of community, right? So you have that community where you have the uncles and aunties and the kids call you uncle and auntie out of respect. Well, I've heard, yeah, I've heard Kai Lenny refer to you as Uncle Led and to Dave yeah. Galama as Uncle exactly. Dave and, and, you know, Con Connor Baxter and so many yeah. others. Well, that's because that's that, like I said, that's that, that's a form of respect, right? That's that the island mentality. So the, uh, so when you grow up that way and, and we have, and we do that at our house, we have that same thing. We have that same kind of community at our house. And, you know, we have the fortunate thing for my, my children is they get to be ar around a lot of amazing people. They get to see a lot of different amazing people and, and that, and so they're, uh, they're kind of, uh, they're, well, first of all, their bar like their bar, like their, like their, you know, amazing, not amazing bar is very clear. They know what good people are. They know how good people behave. So it'll be easy to identify how not good people are behaving <laughs> because you'll have that contrast. And so, um, you know, it, it, they, they, they see how we treat each other. They see how we act and they, and they have that as an example. Um, again, you don't know if that's going to pay off and how soon that's going to pay off, but that, but that's something that that's real for them. They're, 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 uh, they're exposed to it on a daily basis. They have their own relationship with adults. Some of the adults are just like, Oh yeah, where's Brody. Okay. The thing. Okay. Where's, you know, like the Reese has friends that are adults that are friends of ours that she's actually better friends with than we are. I mean, it's just, they, 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 you know, I mean, I heard I heard when our, ch our children were young, when, when our children were very young, that if you spoke to them like adults with sophisticated words and elaborate, you know, in, in, in elaborate ways that they would their understanding would increase sooner. It's, and it just makes sense. And so we always talk to them like they understood using, you know, more elaborate concepts and, you know, within my caveman ability and Gabby's, of course, is, uh, you know, on another level. But um, but again, it, it, that that made them communicate in a way at a level like if 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 you saw the way my 13 year old communicates, you'd just be like, what is that? Like, that's just like, I mean, these are these are these are adults. These are bigger than adults. There's adults that aren't communicating like that and that don't have that kind of thinking and don't behave that way. And so. Um, you know, and again, but it's just exposure, just back to exposure. They're just being exposed. They're just, they're just this, uh, you know, uh, a reflection of the, what they're exposed to. And so I think a lot, and I think a lot of us are, I think that's a big, a big piece of, 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 you know, the, of, of the problems that we have right now is, you know, it was what you're being, and if you're exposed to everything on that thing, on, on, on that thing, then you, then, then we're, then you're being manipulated because, that thing is just designed to get you to react. And so then it's, you know, I, I had my daughter, my daughter, my youngest daughter use some vernacular on me the other day that was straight out off of that, off of that system and pull oh, blew a vein. I just, I, my, I had a, I got like a water hose vein in my throat here and just lost it a little bit on her. And it was like, yeah, I go, you don't use that word on me. 
like that. I go, you don't even know what you're even talking about. That's just something that you're repeating that you heard that you don't even know what that means. And that, and for you, that doesn't mean anything because you never even experienced that. You don't even know what that is. And so, but it was interesting um, to, 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 just to, first of all, to see how I reacted to it. Cause I, cause it provoked me in a way that, cause, because I realized it was just, it was just some programming. She was just getting programmed and, and, uh, and I was the nice recipient to the programming. So I was not happy about it, <laughs> but that, you know, that's, that's an ongoing thing. That's an ongoing, that's an ongoing generation gap. That's going to happen. I mean, I, I grew up with, you know, there was no cell phones. I mean, I, my, I was read books when I was really young that influenced me and, my imagination and a lot of what I've done is because I had an imagination without an imagination. I half the stuff I have done. I would have never done because my brain wouldn't have worked like that. So the, you know, again, I think we're, a lot of it is we're the result of, of our, uh, you know, our exposure. And so, uh, and so there, and you can't, you know, you, you can't, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to deal. So start to deal with it from, you know, as, as kind of, you know, a Cro-Magnum man, into modern man it's a little like it's a little you know their their world and their lives are not our world and our lives and i think as parents that's always tricky you're always like well you don't know what it's like to be the and they never will and no they don't and so and so don't inflict your you know garbage on them because you know your garbage did what it did to you and it doesn't you know they're not going to even know what it's like it's like so but that the, it, there are certain things that are, yeah, there are no go. <laughs> I love you mentioned, um, Jim, I just want to ask Led a quick question about the imagination piece and I'll shut up and let you actually <laughs> be a co-host, not just listen to me ramble. But um, Led, with regard to imagination, can you connect that back to basically your invention of toe surfing? Um, and then obviously in community, then adding in community with the strap crew and, you know, all your partners since then, your invention, your, your creation um, of stand-up paddle boarding. And then also, as you mentioned, foil boarding, which we were just down in St. Pete Beach in Florida. And the first time I seen somebody foil, foil boarding in little waves, but that's kind of cool. And I was like, I told Johnny, I was like, you know where this guy got that from? There. <laughs> so yeah. talk to me a little bit about invention, the connection between your imagination and, and Laird as a tinkerer as you would have been called in a previous age, as a creator, as an inventor? And what is it that drives you to conceive of something? And maybe it's problem solving. Oh, okay, it's flat today. What the heck are we going to do? But just can you connect the dots between Laird as imaginator and Laird as inventor? Well, I, you know, I mean, first of all, I think I had a, a, a good setup because I lived at the end of a, you know, uh, a muddy road. Um, and so, and, uh, had, well, I think we had one, one television station that didn't always work. Um, my mom had an old turntable. There wasn't a lot going on. Um, when you had something broken, you didn't call anybody to fix it. You either fixed it or it was broken. Um, so, uh, first car I got, I think my dad gave me was a broken car. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, broken bikes, broken cars, just, and then, and then also in the sixties, I think surfing was under, uh, uh, there was the whole like, uh, innovation of small boards and new materials. And so there was a lot of creativity and there were some drugs going on too. that were probably leading to the humans down some road of some kind, but, but the, but there was a lot of, uh, you know, 
of, of uh, creativity and design going on. Like I said, I lived, you know, Gabby's always amazed. Like, well, you just fixed the so-and-so. I go, yeah. She said, well, how do you learn how to do that stuff? And I go, well, cause I didn't, we didn't have a guy you called that fixed that. Like it's just you. And so you learn how to, you learn how to do that stuff. And, and, uh, and so, and, and so I think that, that this combined with like, you know, Lord of the Rings and Jonathan Livingston Siegel and, dune my mom read me these books when i was crazy young and like they had they were powerful imagination builders like <laughs> like you know your dune and this and i mean you know so i had and i traveled to you know when i was young i went to some i went to afghanistan when i was 11 and i mean i've had some just exposure to just stuff and cultures and people and different things and i think all that obviously has an influence had an influence has an influence on on me um you know i always say i never nothing new just a new application of an old idea it's it's more about understanding what it can do you know like people can say oh well, we did that but then i'm like yeah but you didn't fully you know you didn't fully i mean toe surfing was just the the epiphany that hey we were playing around it was boredom we were goofing off and i realized hey maybe we can catch a wave that way and then that led us to maybe we can catch a bigger wave and then it led us to a maybe maybe a bigger wave and then soon maybe we can ride giant waves this way and so that that that, that you know sometimes the innovations are based on 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 a solution for a problem um, sometimes they're they're you know usually they stem from some sort of boredom uh, i mean, thomas edison has a great quote that i that i love which is all you need to be an inventor is an imagination and a pile of junk and so um, I had the junk, I had the imagination. And so I think that that was the, that's been the, the, the innovation part, you know, and I, I think that once you, once you kind of do a couple little ones, whatever they look like, and maybe they happen when you were a kid that you kind of, there's a formula, there's obviously a formula to the process and, and, and you don't get a lot of times I think the, the process is discouraging, you know, the process itself, like you, you get a prototype and you wait for the part and you get the thing and you put all the things together and then you take it out and it breaks and you're like, Oh, okay. And then you wait again, you, it takes another three months and you get the other thing and the thing and then you get it and then it breaks. And then you're like, okay, I'm done. I just can't do this anymore. Well, or you can be like a dog, like Gabby calls me the, the Terry, you know, the, the relentless hound that just doesn't give up and just goes just, it's just like and i you know and she just she probably goes no 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 and you know blocks her ears because i'm just every other well, what if i put the thing you know and it's like yeah it's the 57th time you talked about that today you have to say that you know it's like but the little bit of that relentless kind of pursuit in the in the in the belief you know in the vision something you see you you just don't put it down um i think a big piece of it is seeing the the end of it kind of seeing where it can do because that's what drives you forward if you understand you know you can say hey i created created a tire but you you can say if i get these round objects and i put them on this thing then the thing will roll and we'll be able to go with it then that's then the round object you'll just beat the thing until it's round or you'll just finally get something round and then you'll do the thing. So seeing that, seeing the end result, I think is a big piece of it. That's a, that's a, that's a piece of it. The process of not being discouraged by the R and the development of it is another piece of it. Um, not actually not letting people discourage you. I, I mean, I was discouraged in stand up paddling. I was discouraged in toe surfing from the beginning to the very end. They were discouraging and saying it wasn't this. It didn't mean anything, blah, 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 all that stuff. And then all of a sudden we did something and then they were like, 
oh my gosh, this is a revelation. Da, da, da. And I'm like, well, where were you guys the last 10 years? And, you know, so had I been discouraged early, um, then I probably wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't have followed those things through, but I saw the end result too. So I think it was that, you know, I mean, having, having camaraderie is a big piece of it, having a group. Sometimes I didn't have a group, but I had, I, I had early adopters that helped you know, part of it is they just help you think, make sure that you don't think that you're not insane. Because if you think something's great and you're like, this is the best thing ever. And then you're alone, you're kind of like, well, maybe I'm insane. Maybe, maybe I'm not, maybe this isn't as great as I think it is. And then you get it to somebody and then they go, this is, this is really insane. This is incredible. And then you're like, Oh yeah. Okay, good. I'm not insane. Good. And if you get three people doing it and then pretty soon you see them all over and then pretty soon the people that were, you know, criticizing you and saying it wasn't real, they're doing it and they're saying it's incredible. Then you're kind of like, Oh yeah. Okay. Whatever. You know, like, and then you, and then, and then it just becomes a process where a lot of times you're interested. I think I have a short attention span. So for me, after I get to a certain thing with it, I'm like, I'm over it. Unless it's something really special, like foiling has been a, a, riding waves with foils specifically i mean okay we have kiting and we have electric foils and all that and, but but riding wave energy with foils is something that really has my attention because we haven't really played it all the way out where stand-up paddling kind of played itself out fairly early it was a lot simpler toe and surfing obviously has been around a lot longer and we we brought it to the point where where you know where there's not you're not going to do too many things more than we did with it I mean, you might ride a wave that's an inch bigger or you get somebody to say it was or whatever you're doing. It's great. But I was about to say something like <laughs> Nazare. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. But but we'll go. But that's all good. That's all good. That's that's all part of the part of the result. But then you lose. Then it, it kind of takes away. It's just a coincidence that usually when everybody else is fully into it, that's when you're over it. But you're but we were never over it because everybody was fully into it. It was just that's where we got in the stages, we just happened to be at stage nine, which is we're over it. And so that just happened to be when they were at stage one, which they're into it. So, uh, but then that leads you into another path and then, and then you're down to the next thing, but, and then you really, uh, then what you find ultimately is that you really like the process is what you really like, that you really like, Hey, I got this idea. And then you write it on a napkin and then you're like, Hey, let me try to build this prototype. And it works for half a second. You're like, Oh, oh okay. And then you, and then you, and then it works for two seconds and then it works for a minute and then it works for three. And then you pretty soon you got something that, you know, and then before you know it, it's, you know, there there's magazines and it's a, you know, there's an industry <laughs> it's like or whatever, but you like that process. And then you look for the next one the, that, that interests you in that same way. And, and at the end, you can implement that anywhere. You can impl implement that into fitness. You can implement that in nutrition. You can implement that into, into, into whatever, you know, whatever genre you want to just pick a category of something and you can implement that same kind of, you know, that's why I always talk about life is a formulaic process. There's a formula. There's certain formulas that are very simple. Let's not make it complicated. You got the 10 commandments, just behave and then do these other things. And, you know, and this is the process. So there's a certain formula. I think that we love to complicate things and really make things really complicated. And usually I always say complication is designed to disguise imperfection. So there's something about creating complication. Like if you have a perfect square, you don't need to put any trim on it. You just put trim on stuff when the square's not perfect because it looks weird. 
<laughs> and you can disguise it with some trim. So again, uh, I think that there's something about that, but that's my, you know, I think the combination of, like I said, my upbringing, my influences, my lack of, of, you know, I mean, I lived in a house that I grew up in a house that had been moved twice by tidal waves and, and the, the second place it was put, they just put it up on blocks. Like I said, when I look back and I tell the story, it seems a little bit like a fairy tale. Like, yeah, sure. You lived in a house that was moved by a tidal wave twice. And then it was the highest house in the area, actually. And then you, I lived next to a pig farm. And, you know, I mean, it's like and, and I lived next to a guy, Mr. Ty Hook, who used to pound nails straight. And the nails were four sided nails. And he pounded nails straight because you couldn't buy nails. And so you pounded nail straight. Like that's was his mentality. Like he came from that school. That's where he came from. So he had an old model T Ford that just had the drive shaft in the motor. And he took the differential different uh, differential. And he made a, a, a thing to grind taro, which is like a potato like root that they grind into this, into like, into like a paste. And he used to run it through the gearbox of the Model T, but he'd start the old Model T up and he'd feed the thing in. I mean, so I lived around that kind of stuff. Like I lived around like a Model T, you know, potato grinder with a, you know, say, I mean, in weird surfboards. And I mean, say, you know, it's like, the, I, I think, and then, I, and then a crazy environment, right? Then you live on Kauai, which is the Garden of Eden, which is big valleys and flood waterfall, you know, uh, so your has a tendency to kind of stimulate your, your imagination as well. Right. So I had an environmental environment and then I had all the other pieces. So those, those things are all super, uh, in, you know, those are all super helpful in, in cultivating this kind of approach. Uh, you know, and then, like I said, just being, you know, the growing up with the way I was different than the people that I grew up with, which made me not care about if people didn't, you know, like what I was doing or thought it was funny or whatever, like, like that, made, I was hard, that made me hard to discourage. So I didn't care if you, if you thought what I was doing was bad or stupid, if it was, if I, if I enjoyed it or I thought it was something special, I did like to confirm it later with somebody else to, like I said, not make sure I wasn't completely out of my mind. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to have reality checks occasionally, but Always. Yeah. I also like that you, uh, um, you know, you're so comfortable in your own skin. And to me, that is what success is really about, you know, is, is like you said, kind of doing you, uh, but getting some reality checks and, and, you know, caring about others, but not caring too much about necessarily what everyone thinks. Um, you've been so generous with your time and, and we're so grateful. Um, you. you know, just maybe last question to end on a high note, literally, you know, we talk, Phil and I talk about high performance all the time. Um, most athletes that I work with, I'll ask, you know, how often are you in the zone when you play? And, you know, most of the time it's, you know, 5% of the time. And so we talk about, okay, it's, you know, when you have your B game days, you know, great, let's have our B day, B game day and find a way to get the job done. Um, Arnold Palmer was asked one time about, you know, how often were you in the zone? And he said for 20 years. <laughs> so I thought that was a great response, but, uh, and he probably was maybe, but, um, you know, in terms of his life, but What's it like for you? I always like hearing zone experiences. Like when you've uh, been out there riding big waves, what, what is it like for you? I've heard all things like, I don't even remember it. Cause I was just, you know, I, it's almost like I disappeared and the performance wasn't giving, you know, I wasn't giving the performance. The performance was kind of giving me, but you know, and I've worked with runners that say like, I don't hear it. You know, everything is just quiet, you know, or I don't even see colors. What's it like for you when you're in the zone? 
Well, I mean, I, I want to say something because you, 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 you simulated a thought what you said, which was, you know, there is an interesting uh, fact, and I, you, you probably know this, and I was made aware of this, and it, and, it, and, it, and it was, is that when you are in the zone, you, you, your, your memory shuts off. You just, your memory turns off. You just don't, you, you, your recollection is terrible if, if at, at best. And it's because the, the demand is so great. Uh, and I talk about, you know, when things are, are uh, dangerous um, or scary or, or, or just demand, you're going so fast or you're doing something at this level that demands so much focus um, that, that the, 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 the heightened awareness that it takes, you know, to even if you're if you when you get into times when things can slow down when you can actually slow down and give you time to thought like I've been in situations where I was able to have a conversation with myself and and at the end of the day the somebody said oh yeah that was a you know 10 second ride but that was a 12 second ride and I was like I had a whole like debate with myself about the during the ride I was in the ride and I was like hey I'm I'm having a conversation with myself in the ride but that but the only way I could do that obviously is that I was I was assessing and taking in the, the, the stimuli uh, it, at such a rate that I was able to slow down time. And it's like speed, you know, when you make slow motion in film, you speed up the film and then it slows down the time, right? So, so in a way, sped up, uh, sped up uh, assessment would, is the only way you could slow down the time. But you're definitely not gonna have a lot of room for memories because memories are gonna be like, let me see, um, you remembering this, if you possibly die, we don't care. We're, we want you to do what you need to do to accomplish this. But I, I, will, I say, you know, um, surfing has a unique thing, um, which, which I've come to learn, I think, through just the thoughts of it and having conversations like this and kind of, you know, uh, that, that, you know, there's no end and there's no beginning. It's just a continuation. And so you start where you left off which you was where you were riding and then you end where you where you what you were where you're riding and you're just you're but you're but when you're riding a wave and it doesn't take much of one and and you don't even have to be i mean at this at this level of exposure that i have maybe i have to do it a little i have to be on a foil or something a little more sensitive that has to that, that kind of ratchets turns it up a little bit, but you're in flow state. Like you're, it's, that's a flow state experience. That's why people love surfing. That's why you can ride, people can ride a six inch wave and love flow state. It's a little bit like, um, I don't know if you ever saw, I want to say, uh, they called him roll. Uh, it was about a brain sur heart surgeon that turned into a rollerblader mm -hmm. and, and he, he's got a little YouTube video where he just rollerblades around and then he gives you the science behind when your brain is moving on the world and just what it does to you and all the psychology behind that and everything. I'm like, well, surfing is the ultimate of that, right? So you have the ultimate thing where you're, where you're like, you're engaged in, in this movement um, on the earth, you know, that's spinning and, and, and you're using the energy of, you know, that's traveling through the ocean so who knows what kind of other things that has but but you 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 you're in a flow state when you're riding a wave and the and 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 wave is the is the king of improvisation because it's every wave's different even at the same spot and they're always doing different things so you're always there's always adaptation the whole time there's always that there's always some little you know 
there's always something uh, different. And when you just ratchet that up and put yourself in giant surf, it's just everything is magnified uh, immensely. But, you know, when I look back and try to have recollections of my thing, very few, that conversation on that one wave is one of the ones that stays with me. I mean, you know, you always have those ones where you've made a mistake or something happens right before things are going to go wrong and you're like, Oh no, you know, and then you kind of get ready to key eye because you're going to get bolo punched by Godzilla. But the, the, you know, I mean, that, that, that whole flow state and that whole, um, you know, that, 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 I mean, that's what surfing's all about. Surfing's all about that's that, that move, that motion, that, that sensation, that, 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 that experience. And it's, and it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that's for your good for your, good for your soul, good for your health, good for you. Just, it has a, it has a systemic effect on your system. And, and it's, you know, I mean, it's, you just keep going back for, for more and more. I mean, and, and, you know, it's a little, it's, it's a little, um, it's interesting. And I think part of it again, cause you have no recollection. As soon as you're done, you want another one because you're like, you didn't remember it. <laughs> maybe that's part of the problem. Or maybe that's maybe part of the reason. I'm not sure which one came first, but there's something to be said about you don't remember. So you have to go back out again because you want to get the sensation that you don't remember. <laughs> seems like a problem. Seems like seems like one of these things where, again, the only thing you know is you don't know anything. You know, that one, it's all back to there again. <laughs> Fascinating and fun. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Led. Hopefully we can do it again soon. I Cheers. look forward to it. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends about the Champion Conversations podcast and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your platform of choice. You can also follow Jim on Twitter at Gold Medal Mind. Go out and be a champion today, and we'll see you back here next week.